We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studios in Oxford, Mississippi, it's the Beer Garden, presented by Southern Traditions Farms. Join MPW Digital's Neil McCready as he visits with guests from all walks of life, taking a deep dive into their unique stories. Now, here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome back to the Beer Garden, presented by Southern Traditions Farm. Beer Garden's been dead for about, I don't know, year, two years. It's doing something I've thought about bringing back, and uh, I'm going to do it. I'm Neil McCready. Welcome into the Beer Garden. What we'll do each week, it's roughly my plan, once a week, maybe not quite that consistent. Different times it might be more than that, other times it might be less than that. I'll try to get into a routine, not going to overpromise here. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to visit with people that I'm interested in talking to, and hopefully you will find those conversations interesting as well. Sometimes it'll be sports, sometimes it won't. It might be politics, it might be economics, it might be just things that I'm interested in. It might just be people that I think are kind of cool and I want to hear their story. That's the big thing. I want to hear people's stories. I always talk about if I taught a journalism class, which I never will, assignment one in Journalism 101 would be go out on campus, wherever that campus might be, find somebody, tell me their story, write their story. Everyone has a story, and some people's stories are really fascinating. So that's what the beer garden is going to be, I hope. Like I said, sometimes it'll be sports. Sometimes it won't be sports at all. I'll let you know ahead of time so that we're not wasting your time. I'm not going to try to be Joe Rogan or anything like that. I'm nowhere near that good. But I'm always interested in that format of podcast. It's been the kind of thing that I've thought about doing and kind of thought would be fun for me and uh, might energize me. And hopefully in return, you guys will uh, will get a, a podcast that you enjoy as well. I'm uh, proud to announce that it's brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, a lot to be offered at Southern Traditions. Horseback riding offerings. Uh, you can buy your first horse and compete at nationally recognized competitions. It's a lot going on. It's a great place for events, reunions, uh, parties, that kind of thing. So check it out on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. As always, Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. And uh, Corey, give you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours on the Ford vehicle that you're looking for. Great service, great products, 
Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Speaking of the Clark Ford Studios, uh, Robert Perry from here in Oxford was kind enough to come to the Clark Ford Studios and have a seat and uh, talk with me about his story. His story is one that uh, I didn't pick up on until uh, August the 14th, 2016. If you live in Oxford, that's a date that you remember. It's a date that uh, a plane went down on its way back from Orlando to Oxford. It went down around Tuscaloosa. There were three couples on board. Uh, they all perished in that flight, uh, leaving this town in total shock. It was something that hit home in our house because my middle child, Caroline, was uh, very good friends and is very good friends still with Sarah Perry. And um, I guess they were in the eighth grade at the time. And Sarah lost both of her parents, Michael and Kim Perry, in that plane crash. That day, Robert Perry was in Memphis. And that day changed his life. He went from being in charge of four young people to in charge of seven. He went from living in Memphis where he had just moved to having to move to Oxford, completely changed his life, his wife, Ashley's life. And I've watched from afar over the years. So we've passed in social circles to some degree. Uh, kids, our kids are similar ages in some capacities. We've been at the same soccer games or dance recitals or whatever the case may be, cross paths. And I've always just admired their strength from afar. And I've always told myself it was a story I wanted to, to uh, hear on a podcast. And um, when I started thinking about relaunching the beer garden, there was something that always told me I want the first guest to be Robert Perry. I asked him to do it. He was kind enough to do it, generous with his time. It's a, um, it's a gut-wrenching story. It's also a, uh, an uplifting story about going through, um, obviously, the worst tragedy that a family can go through and to try to get to the other side, a process that's still going today. But you, uh, you'll hear Robert talk about Perry Grit and about the word grit and about perseverance and about overcoming adversity and the power of family and love and all of those things that I think you uh, will enjoy here on sort of edition one of the uh, new and hopefully improved beer garden. So without further ado, we go to the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline and Robert Perry here on The Beer Garden, presented by Southern Traditions Farm. Robert, I appreciate you doing this. I have always uh, wanted to do this. I've, I've thought about asking you years ago to do this. Um, and I'm kind of glad I waited until this point because there's been a lot of time that's passed since, since um, your brother and, and your sister-in-law uh, passing in the in the uh, in the crash. So I'm going to start here. I've I've spent the last several days since you were kind enough to agree to do this, wondering how do I start this. I'm going to start here. What do you remember about? I don't mean the specific day, but we'll use this day, Saturday, August the 13th, 2016. What was your life like on that Saturday? Yeah, that's a great question. I've never been asked that one. It's always about little, that Sunday. So, um, yeah, I mean, my family uh, has moved around a lot. Uh, my my four kids and and Ashley and me because they've supported me in my career, and I was always the guy with my hand up. So, uh, we had moved to, to seven states. 
uh, ironically started in Oxford, Mississippi. But uh, at on that Saturday, the 13th of August, we were in uh, Memphis, and we had just moved back to Memphis. We were living in an apartment, and we were uh, redoing a house. So uh, my kids had been in school for three days at that point. So they were at Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we, we've told them this several times, but we meant it this time. And that was the fact that that was going to be our last move. So really wanted to get back to Memphis. You had moved there from Oklahoma city, right? Yeah. From Edmond, Oklahoma. Yeah. And so, um, Ashley's from Arkansas and, and, um, my mom at the time lived in Little Rock, Arkansas and, uh, my brother and sister-in-law and, and, my three nieces, my two nieces and one nephew lived in Oxford. And so I travel a lot for work. I'd really needed to be close to an airport. So we lived in Memphis. Um, I cannot even tell you what I did on that Saturday. Um, but it, I, I would say it was our, our normal kind of weekend. My son was playing a lot of golf at the time. So we were probably around either the country club or, or, uh, the pool and, um, just kind of getting acclimated back to Memphis. That was our second stop. Uh, we had been there before and moved a few places in between, and, and we were glad to be back. Our kids were in uh, St. Louis Catholic schools right there in East Memphis. So uh, that was Saturday, August 13th, 2016. Your kids at that point were, were how old? So um, Knox was 13. Um, Ada Grace was 11. Lucy was nine and um Annie was six so you're back in Memphis and you've got the four kids kind of stair-stepped getting a house renovated yeah probably feeling pretty damn good about where things were going your career was was it's still going great but it was going great you spending a Saturday probably a little hectic in an apartment and that kind of thing yeah yeah is it even possible do you even remember your life that much back then because it changed so dramatically the next day and we'll talk about it when is is there a line of demarcation for you in your life when you think about it yeah I think so I mean we try to be intentional with all we do and and uh again having moved around as much as we have um you know we started in Oxford we moved to Baton Rouge moved to Little Rock moved to Charlotte moved to Memphis moved to Vegas moved to Oklahoma City and uh, and then had just moved back to Memphis, so um, you know we're 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 a tight family, and so we did a lot together. And um, you know I can still remember it just being us, uh, the six of us. And uh, we were also really close to, to my brother and Kim. And you know I tell people my brother was my hero. I wanted to dress like him and wear my hair like him, and and uh, and and be like him as as much as I as I could. And uh, we were close to our nieces and nephew. We were their godparents. We were there for all the, the special occasions. And um, even with the moves, we'd come back once a year for uh, for football games, at least to one football game. And then we would always see each other at Thanksgiving and or Christmas. Um, so, yeah, I can remember uh, before that time. And some days it seems like that was 20 years ago. And some days it seems like it was yesterday. So I can't even imagine. Let's talk about that day. Um Sunday, August the 14th, 2016. I remember the first phone call I got about it because someone had information wrong. They said, hey, a plane crashed from Orlando headed to Oxford. It was an Ole Miss plane is what someone said. Mm -hmm. And I knew that Ole Miss opened its football season a couple weeks later in Orlando against Florida State. And I thought, oh, wow, I wonder if they had some advanced people on the plane 
I need to make a couple of phone calls because I'm I was sitting downstairs working on my 10 weekend thoughts that I do every week at rebelgrove.com and I thought oh and I called Hugh Freeze actually I just went right to Hugh Freeze and I said are any of your people on a plane no and I said well plane went down and he said who was on it and I said I don't know and a little while later uh, our daughter Caroline who you know Caroline was friends with Sarah. Mm-hmm. They're still friends, but they were chummy at that point. And Caroline loved Sarah Perry mm-hmm. because she loved going. Number one, they were friends. She looked up to her. Number two, uh, she loved going to Kim's annual Christmas party. They did an ornament swap. Yeah. And it was one of the things that Caroline really liked. And she got to be with all of her friends and all of that stuff. And Caroline said that Sarah's parents were on that plane. And I said, there's no way. And sure enough, and that's from that point forward, all I could think about was that little girl. And and for you, how did you find out about the crash? What was what was that reaction? What was that like? I can't even I can't even imagine. Yeah. So I was actually at a golf tournament in Memphis with Knox. So um, it was a nine hole tournament, and uh, I had my phone off, which is pretty rare for me because I'm. I'm on the go quite a bit and um, connected almost always. And so when we finished the tournament, um, we were scoring. So if you've ever been to a golf tournament, everybody kind of stands in the same place and and is looking at the scoring. And so I just had a great day with Knox, just being one-on-one with him. I was kind of his caddy at the time, um, mainly just riding around in the golf, golf cart and trying to help him out as much as possible. And my mom called. And so luckily – I missed all the other calls, but but when my mom calls, I I answer almost always. So I answered the phone and um she, and I said, "Hey, we're scoring. I'll call you right back." And she said, "No, no, no. You, you can't call me back." She said, "Your brother's been in an accident." And so I said, "So my brother drove. If you ever rode with him, he drove like a maniac. So he had five offices for his periodontics business. Drove fast pretty much everywhere he went. So my very first thought was like." oh, wow, he's been in a car wreck. Like, that's that's awful. And, and my mom just, that, that was what I thought in my head. And the next second, she's like, they both died. And I was just like, oh, my God. So free, freaked out just in front of everybody just because of the emotions that, that come along with that and, and that message. Um, and so um, the general manager of the golf course took me in his office, and my mom said, just sit down and then – gain your composure and call me back and and so she she was in oxford with their three kids at the time living in little rock but had come over to oxford to uh to watch the kids while michael and kim went down for the dental convention for continuing education so um ashley was at the racket club um in memphis with our three girls and i was with knox and so i called ashley told her what happened she raced over there, and I was like, we got to get down to Oxford, like, right now, mainly just so that I can be with my mom and so that I can be with, with Sarah and John West and, and Anna Reed. And and we looked at each other and just said, like, we're about to race these kids. Like, this is – because I knew what my brother and I had, had planned with our estate planning. Luckily, we had done that together. Um, and so that took the guesswork out of who was going to raise the kids. Now, it took a little while before everybody – 
realized what what was going to happen, but um, but I knew straight away. You all had talked about it. Yeah. Well, we we had written documents with the state, with our with our wills and with our estates that said, "Hey, listen, like, you know, I was always very close to Kim because they started dating when I was like in the fifth grade. So they they were high school sweethearts, and and so when Kim was in ninth grade, I was in fifth grade, and Brad, her brother, and I are really close, and and so, um, we. We had kids um, at the time. We, we just had one kid. And so he had Sarah. I had Knox. And we sat down and we said, okay, we're like, if something happens to me, you know, make sure that, that in his case, Kim's taken care of. In my case, Ashley's taken care of. If something happens to both of us, I want, we want you to take the kids. Will you do that? Yes, of course. You know, nobody thinks it's going to happen to both of them, though, you know. So – um, obviously huge shock that day. Um, it was raining really hard and I was just ready to drive down there. And Ashley's like, you can't drive. You got to wait for me. Like, I'm gonna come over there. I'm gonna drive you. One of my really good friends, Jonathan Lyons kind of helped with just, uh, organizing some thoughts because our, we had to get our kids changed. We didn't know how long we would end up staying. We didn't know what we were walking into. And so, um, I'm Catholic. So in, Memphis, there's St. Louis Catholic Church has perpetual adoration, which is basically 24-7 um, adoration where you can pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So I, I went straight there. I had told Ashley to drop me off there. I just wanted to, to pray. I knew it would be quiet. My friend Jonathan came This is up. that afternoon? Yeah, this is okay. like right when that happened. So she was going to pack bags so that she could uh, – so that we could all go down to Oxford. So – my phone's obviously just blowing up. Um, I'm just, you know, lost for words at the time. And uh, and we get in the car and we drive down to Oxford. And when we got here, and, uh, and I don't know where you were at, at the, the time, but um, but that street, you know, Jason Freese lived catty corner from my brother in Grand Oaks. And literally there were cars, there were news trucks, there was, it looked like, like a bad science fiction movie or something. So yeah. I just run in see my mom, hug my mom. Um, and then I got, and the kids all had their friends over there. So they were trying to be as normal as possible. And obviously a lot of Michael and Kim's friends were there at the time. And, um, and Ashley and I were together and we just pulled each kid in to like the guest bedroom and just told them that, that we were going to take care of them, that, that, that they were going to be okay. Um, how sorry we were that, that this had happened. And, we knew that they were in shock, and they were in shock. Yeah. I mean, they did. Everybody handles grief differently, and everybody handles, you know, being told something like that differently. Whether it's just kind of laughing it off, or 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 crying and wanting to be away from each other, or wanting to be around a bunch of people. I've always wondered this. This is kind of an off, off top, not off topic. It's on the topic, but it's offbeat a little bit. That next day, and even that day, I remember Caroline wanting to be there wanting to be there for her friend. And then it, but it was kind of like, but everybody else is there too. And you realize they're kids. And, and I, I, I was like, no, no, they don't want people there right now. You don't, you don't need to be there. And it was, but everyone's there. And, and I let her go and I had to go pick her up. It was the first time I ever saw you. I walked into the house and I've never felt so, I was like, I don't need to be here. This is not right for me to be here. And there were so many people there. And I was like, I, surely other people, what was that? Did you want to go, Hey, everybody get out. We need to, have a meeting or was that a looking back was that almost kind of a welcome distraction to give you a minute to process everything that was happening yeah i think that like one thing about oxford mississippi is just 
people care about people. And, you know, we were surrounded with, with people that love these kids that love Michael and Kim that wanted to do whatever they could do to help. And, and, you know, the main thing for us was just, we want to make sure that we were there with the kids. And a lot of people want, that would come in and say, we, we can take them to their games or their practices or their out of town soccer tournaments. You know, Ashley and I made a pact. We were like, we're going to, we're going to take these kids to these things. And it wasn't that we didn't care about who was asking some of the people we didn't know yet. So yeah. we didn't want to just be farming them out. And, and we knew they were very emotional just in general, as you would be. Um, and we had Kim's mom, um, drove up from Brandon. My mom was already there. Kim's brother lived in London. And so he was calling me going, is this real? Um, Michael's best friend and executor of his state, Kurt Rademacher lived in Singapore. And he, he's the one that had all the documents that I knew that we could, you know, be able to show that, that I would end up being their legal guardian. Um, but yeah, I think the, the chaos was probably good at the time just having that many people around and Sarah actually had planned like a birthday party for Ellis Faris. And that's why I like, I think the high school said, if you want to get out or the middle school said, if you want to get out, you're, you're out. So obviously yeah. everybody leaves to, yeah. to go out for that. So, yeah. So we had a, we, there was a lot, it was a lot of sleepless nights and wire to wire, just trying to figure out what's what my wife was just absolutely amazing through all this. She didn't sign up for this. I mean, much easier for me because it's my brother. Uh, but she just she was school teacher by trade, so she literally would would write out and I'd tell people that had their one kid to figure out what they were going to do for the week. I said we've got seven kids; they're all doing two activities twice a week. We have to be at twenty eight different places, and that's after school. And it was it was tough. Right. Again, I just it it's it's why it's 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 just a wild story. Um, what was the kids' reaction? They were they were they were young. Michael's Michael's kids at that age. Sarah would have been in the she was thirteen. She was thirteen, so she was eighth grade. Yeah, John West twelve, so he was seventh grade, and then uh, Anna Reed was seven, so she was in first grade. What were their reactions to being told that their parents were gone? Yeah, so um, my mom was there with them for the initial reaction. So. Uh, my mom was supposed to pick them up at the Oxford airport. They were flying directly or intended to fly directly into the Oxford airport. And she was waiting around just on like, well, we're supposed to be here at one. Nobody's responding. And then Sarah was old enough to have a phone. So then there started like this um, text thread about this plane crash at the time, kind of like you said, they didn't know who all was on the plane. They didn't know if there were survivors. They didn't, there was a lot of unknowns at the time. And then um, the people in Alabama couldn't really say, they couldn't confirm everything until they knew for sure. And so obviously a lot of shock and just uncertainty of like, oh, like we, we heard that they, uh, that one of the couples died on a car wreck leaving the airport. So they're at the airport and there were just all these different, rumors that were going around that they didn't really know what was what was true and what wasn't and then jason farise's uh, dad john booth actually walked over from jason's house to tell uh, my mom and and sarah and john west and anna reed that 
that uh, there was a plane crash and, and their parents didn't make it. I wasn't actually there at that point. So I, I got down there a couple hours later. What was their reaction to you? They knew you, obviously, but you were you were Uncle Robert. I yeah. Mean, you, you weren't dad. Right. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, the a lot of people ask me about just the situation and, and was it easier or harder and – I think that that one thing that Ashley and I have always stuck to is that we're not their parents. Like we'll never replace their parents and we will parent them. We do have certain expectations and my brother and I were very much aligned. I feel like Kim and Ashley were very much aligned in just, you know, how they wanted to raise kids and their expectations. So that remained. Um, but uh, I, I, I want to say, and, 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 we may not know this for a while, but that when they look back, they they see us as just like a, a fresh face and, and a familiar face and somebody who they understand that um, we're going to be with our aunt and uncle versus, you know, having to go out for adoption maybe even yeah. or, or foster homes or living with grandmas, which would, you know, who love them and that kind of thing. But But raising kids is hard. And so I think – you know, we we moved into their house. Um, we we thought at the time that it would be better if we came to Oxford versus bringing them to Memphis, where we were. So, you talk about parenting. Parenting's hard. Parenting's challenging. I mean, even when your kids are doing great, sometimes parenting is challenging. Parenting kids that aren't yours, even though you love them and they're your brother's kids, and you were going to be involved in their lives to some degree, no matter what. Yeah. But all of a sudden. You're parenting them, and they're young, and they need guidance, and they've just suffered this incalculable loss in their lives that they probably at that point really can't register. How difficult was it to yeah. parent kids that weren't yours? Yeah, very hard uh, for for several reasons. One is that you know we we did have different rules of, around what our expectations were, and and now they were our rules, and so that was kind of tough because it's like. Um, our four kids understood what the rules were, but but they didn't because they were, um, you know, brought up. Even though it's like my brother and and uh, and Kim, they they had different rules for their kids. Not not astronomically different, but um, you know, I think that we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You, you were stricter or, or you were? I think I was, yeah, I think okay. we were stricter, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I mean, my, my brother loved sports and, and built a sportsplex and really wanted their kids to be good at sports, and so they were on a bunch of different teams, and, um, and you know, they, they valued grades, and so they wanted their kids to do well in school, which they did. Um, and then when we got there and there were seven, we had to say, hey, like, you can't play on three different teams. Like, that's just, that's impossible, you know? So that probably as a 13-year-old or 12-year-old look like, wow, that's, you're kind of strict. Like, I can't go to Alabama or Florida or Georgia or wherever the team, that club team was going. And I think that for us, you know, we, we were very cautious around our own kids because we kind of put them over on the side because, you know, their cousins were grieving. And then I can remember one day, that just kind of crushed me as my son said, like, dad, are we ever going to get to play golf again? Oh, and I was like, wow, like I gotta, I gotta take a step back here. Um, and so, uh, I think again, as parents, there's no, there's no rule book. There's no owner's manual and you do the best you can. I know Michael and Kim did the very best they could. Um, Ashley and I are doing the very best that, that we can and, and it's hard and, and, you know, our four kids are now sharing their parents with three other kids. Seven's a lot. Uh, it's a lot to be able to have one-on-one. We were big on um, – one story I'll tell you about when we got there is that there was a, a FedEx or a Amazon um, package on the front doorstep. And so I opened it. My brother and I were really similar just in – just mainly just like can-do attitude and just uh, – we didn't really like to accept no for an answer. So – uh, we've, we've been able to be pretty successful in what we've done. And so the book was called grit that was in that package. And it's, it was something by, I was going to ask you about. Yep. Yeah. So written by, um, Angela Duckworth and it's a book that he would have given me. It's a book that he would have read and he would have called me and said, I'm ordering this for you. This is our story, right? Because, you know, not that we were like, um, but you guys grew up in the Delta, right? You grew- we grew up in Brandon, okay. yeah, right outside of Jackson. Okay. So, and uh, and and my mom was a school teacher, um, had high expectations of us, and and we were we we're both very close to our mom. Um, and my dad left our family when I was in tenth grade, so my brother was a freshman in college, and so um, that made Michael and me even closer because he was my guy. He was like my you know my mentor and, sure. my, and my big brother, and <clears throat> so. We were both pretty scrappy when it just came to just working hard, outworking everybody. And um, so I think that, you know, that that in itself just just made us want to just 
prove everybody wrong and, and, and do what we could do to, to be as successful as possible and take really good care of our families because we just didn't have that example in a dad. So, so that book, when, yeah, it, so, when it showed up, did you almost view it as a, Hey, this is something that maybe not that he saw something coming, but Hey, I'm going to leave you with a, with a, a guidebook here. Cause you're going to have your hands full and I, I want to help. Is that, was that crazy? Did, did you think along those lines or I, I didn't think it at the time I, I did take that book and uh as the crowds kind of left the house our family got together and and i told the story of just the fact that this book arrived today we're we're a fam we're a gritty family your parents were very gritty and it's going to take a lot of grit to get through however long this is going to be forever and so i really think we should come up with a family motto and i think it should be perry grit and so we had that as a family motto, and we were very intentional about having a um, uh, a Sunday to sit down together, have dinner, talk about our week, and, and almost have like a family meeting. And then our text thread, even to this day, is Perry Grit. So that book stuck with us. My mom actually wrote the author a letter, and she sent us a note, and it was very nice. And if you haven't read the the book grit it's it's an amazing book and it's it's so true and i feel like there's there's a there's a lack of grit right now and and um, yeah. i think if you know if anything else what i tell people that whether i'm talking to college students or or people that are just joining the workforce is that you know like there's a lot of people that are pretty lazy out there and and if you do have some grit and, and outwork everybody you'll you'll win 99 percent of the time yeah grit will make up for a lack of talent Sure. It'll make up for a lack of intelligence or whatever if you just bust it. You had to bust it. I mean, you guys had no choice. I mean, like you said, I mean, Ashley didn't sign up for that when she, you asked her to marry you, and she said yes. She probably wasn't thinking, yeah, we're going to end up in Oxford raising seven kids, and three of them aren't going to be mine, and this isn't going to be easy, and we're going to be shuffling everywhere. And how did you – you mentioned your own kids. How did you kind of – you and Ashley, how did you guys kind of maintain those bonds that are critical in those years, right? I mean, like for me, you know, Carson and I would always go on trips to see the Cubs or to see, you know, whoever, and it was typically sports, but it wasn't always sports. But, you know, Laura would do stuff with the girls, and then I took the girls to D.C., and I have all these things that I remember, you know, me and my kids. How did you do stuff with your kids to keep those bonds going, you know, mom and father-daughter, father-son, mother, son, that kind of thing. And at the same time, not, you know, alienate the, the, the children that had lost their parents through no fault of their own. How, how, did, yeah. how did you, how did you balance that? Yeah, really, it was, that was really tricky. And, and again, I think kind of just going back to like, we're pretty goal oriented people. And, and if, if you have seven kids and you don't have a calendar and you don't write things down, they're not going to happen. And yeah. so I think that just being very intentional about, like we're, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do something once a month with each kid one on one. I'm gonna do something with Michael and Kim's kids all together. Something with my kids all together. Um, I mean, our love is the same, like across the board. So that the the love for these kids was was always there. But I really think just you know, kids need attention. They need attention mm -hmm. from from a mother or an aunt, or, and they need attention from a dad or or an uncle. And so. Um, we really just try to focus on that just make sure we're intentional about 
spending that time. And we didn't always do it right. And we didn't always do it perfect. And I think that the, I traveled for work. And so a lot of times Ashley was left, um, making sure she was keeping everybody where they needed to be. My, uh, my sister-in-law's mom moved to Oxford. My mom moved to Oxford. Uh, Brad spent some time here because none of the kids could drive. So when we first got here, <laughs> the oldest was 13. So it was three more years until Sarah drove. And we, again, we didn't want to be just passing them off to their friends' parents so that they could take them to all the practices. We, we were really intentional about making sure that we that we filled that role. And it was a lot. It was a Uber service. Basically, I had a big Sprinter van that we drove around. I remember that. Harry Grid on the back. So the the memories are, are fun to look back on. It's none of it was easy. It's still not easy, but but really, you know, nothing nothing worth having is easy. Not all marriages get through something like that. Um, yours obviously did. Um, I mean, you guys, I mean, I'm certainly not inside, but from the outside looking in, you guys look like a hell of a team. Um, how did you find time to, you know, spend time with each other just to where you're not? Because I, I have to think that at the end of a lot of days, because we do it with three kids, right? When when yeah. they were little and at the end of a lot of days, you just beat, man. I mean, you're just like, I'm going to pour something in a glass here for a minute. And then right. 30 minutes from now, I'm going to sleep. How did y'all find some time just to build your relationship? Yeah, I think, again, trying to separate ourselves was really hard because even if we would go to dinner on the square together as a date night, something was going on. And so we were like constantly being pinged about yeah. this came up, that came up and to be able to really disconnect Ashley and I are both music people. So that's kind of our default is that we'll go to a concert and that gets you away from your phone and, and to really enjoy that. So we would just plan trips like that and, and, they, they didn't happen at first. Uh, it was more of just the, the date nights that we would try to do, but we, we lean very heavily on our faith. And so that really, I think at, in the grand scheme of things, that's really what kept us grounded. She's an amazing woman or she would have left a long time ago. <laughs> so it's been, uh, it's, it's been tough. She lost her mother. She lost her, her dad and her brother. Um, and so, this is our family. And so again, I think that she, she's just leans very heavily on her face. She has a really good crew of friends that she can bounce things off of. And, and we just locked arms and, and a lot of times just through that grit and just doing it, we're like, we would just look at each other and just say, we're, we're doing it. Was it more challenging with the older kids than it was the younger ones or not necessarily? Not necessarily. Just kind of depends on, you know, every, every child's different and, Everyone has different needs. Everyone, again, like going back to the grief because we didn't want to just like overwhelm these kids by just being in their face at all times. Sometimes they just needed to go in their room and cry and us not go in there and say, what's wrong? We knew what was wrong. And so I think that's always, that's always delicate. And then the ones that act like everything's great, sometimes it's not either. So just really learning the personalities. We've done a lot of counseling. So I think that's been very beneficial with, with all the kids and, and Ashley and I are like, we're, she's way more emotional than I am, but I think we're, we really try to be open with the kids and like, make sure that there is that emotional connection there because we, we care about 
them making good grades and b- being good at sports, but we all also care about them being good people. We want them to be able to have an outlet. We want them to be able to have a connection to us, all seven, because life's hard, as you know. Middle school's hard. <laughs> High school's hard. College is hard. Getting a job. So we really want to be able to be a, a sounding board. We, I think we do an amazing job. I, th- I know Ashley, she's she's hard on herself sometimes, but she she's done amazing. And, you know, when I people tell me that all the time, I'm like, please just tell her that so she hears it from from you. Yeah, I'm always amazed. I've 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 seen you guys at, at different things, you know, soccer games or uh, dance stuff or whatever. Yeah, one of the, there's one night that always kind of stuck out to me. Um, I I don't know why it did. It was um it was last year. Um, John West, um, was playing uh, soccer for OHS. He was a senior. My son Carson was a freshman at the time. Carson looked up to John West a lot, but Carson wasn't playing as a, he played a little bit as a freshman, not much. John West was out there the whole time, probably the best player on the team. And they were playing in uh, I want to say it was Lewisburg. It was so cold. God, it was so cold. All I can remember was how cold it was. And uh, I kept hearing this voice because I, I had found a spot where I, for whatever reason, I was as warm as I was going to get. And I was like, I'm not moving. I'm just going to stay right here. And uh, I kept hearing this voice sitting in a chair going, let's go, JW. And I looked over, and that was you. And I don't know why that struck me because it wasn't anything all that, but it was just like, They've been through so much, and here they are out at the soccer field. Oxford's playing this game against a team that's pretty chippy, and it was an emotional game. And you, you remember probably the game because I remember Oxford won, and the kids for Lewisburg were, were like, uh, y'all aren't even going to the playoffs. Y'all aren't even going to the playoffs. There was a lot of that. There's a lot of talking. Yeah. I was afraid there was going to be a fight, all that stuff. And I just kept seeing you over there. All you were was just encouraging. Let's go. Come on. You got, you know, stuff like that. And. I just remember thinking, they do this every day. There's, there's never, there's never a time to have a bad day. There's never a time to have an off day. You have to cheer because I, I don't know about you. I think the role of a parent a lot of times. I have people ask me about parenting, and for me, the one thing I've learned about parenting is that you have to be a cheerleader at all times. I mean, sometimes you got to be a disciplinarian. And sometimes you got to get real. Like we have some, you know, like get real moments. We're going to have a real conversation about what, what, but at the end of the day, they got to know that you're on their team, that you've got their back, that you're there, you're present. You want what's best for them. You're going to cheer for them, period. Yeah. And there was just something about that moment. I know it was just a soccer game and it doesn't matter. It was an Oxford high school soccer game. But there was something about that moment that really struck me. It was it was um, it was kind of powerful a little bit, and it was nothing. It was just there were lots of parents doing that. Yeah. But it just hit me that no, they're there all the time. They're all, you guys were always there, and I thought, I don't know. It just it was powerful to me, and I, I I can't be the only person that would see you or Ashley or both of you at an event like that and think that's the one thing that they're showing their kids uh, at all times is that we're here. Yeah. And look, it's hard to be at seven places at once. So if anybody can figure out how to do that, let me know. But we do try to do as much as we can. We do have to split up a lot just to make sure that that uh, that there is coverage. Now we have three in college, so we're doing the parents' weekends and that kind of thing. But I, I will say this, and and what I what I tell people when they're like, "Wow, I don't know what I would do if that happened to me," and I have a brother or a sister or 
And, and what I'll say is that like Michael would be doing this exact same thing. I have zero doubt. And so that, that made it easy. I also tell people that I love and that I care about that. Like none of us are getting out of here alive. If we don't, if you don't have it written out, it doesn't matter what you've said to anybody. It's the, the, the state will go by the legal documents. If there's no legal documents in place, they'll make their mind up as to what they do. So especially for young parents, I tell my friends all the time, like if you don't have a will, it's not that expensive to go do it. If you want to go to estate planning, it's a little bit different. And I'm no, I'm not an estate, I'm not a, uh, a state attorney, but, but if that's not written, then it's just a, it's a guessing game. And you, if you have kids, you owe it to your kids to not have that be a factor when they lose their parents. So if Sarah and John West and Anna Reed had to figure out, well, now we all got to pick. We may have to split up. How are we going to do this? Where are we going to live? Or where are we going to move? Then that's just that much more burden on them. And so I, I do. I have, a, I have a sales team. I, I talk about this with my coworkers and my competitors that are in the gaming space that I work in that um, that's one thing you can do for your kids is uh, is make sure that, that there are things in place because none of us are getting out of here alive. He was 43. I was I was 40 when they died. He was 43 and Kim was 42 and that's, they're just getting started. I assume you've learned a lot about the legal world. You've probably learned a lot about, like you mentioned, estate planning and things of that nature. You've probably learned a hell of a lot more about money management and financial planning than you ever dreamed you would. And you were always, you were already pretty successful. Probably learned a lot more about aviation than you ever wanted to. I'm sure this has impacted every aspect of your life, but like what, what spaces have you become almost an expert in that before this you, you didn't know a whole hell of a lot about? Yeah. I mean, I knew nothing about both of my parents were living and at the time my dad has since passed away, but I, I'd never had like a death in my family that was really close. All of Ashley's family was, um, was still living. She lost her mom in, um, 2013. And so we, we, dealt with a little bit of that, but, but we had a lot of help, whereas this one, it was a lot on us. And so, yeah, I just think again, just trying to juggle things around career, family, friends, and, and just thinking about like, what's most important, what's also least important. And I think that like, that will really makes you more organized for one because you have to be in order to just get through the day to make sure that everything's taken care of but yeah I know I know more than I would like to about estate planning about aviation and but again all all pointing back to the kids making sure they're healthy and they they are they're all all seven kids very healthy like we've we're very blessed in the fact that we don't have extra around just taking care of the kids they're all they're all uh pretty self-motivated they all want uh the best out of life and we 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 talk about michael and kim all the time it's not like some taboo thing like yeah we talk about them we tell stories we laugh about it and my and sarah and john west and anna reed that's that's their legacy that's and and when, when we talk about when we have to have the hard conversations about Hey, like, let's do this. Get back, get back in line. This your 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 parents' legacy. So, like, what would they want you to do? 
and I think that's what the, the root of what we go back to. That leads me to something. I was curious, like when you have to make big decisions, like where to go to college, right? Um, I know Sarah's at Boise State. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, John West is at Georgia. Right. Just got back from the national championship game. I'm sure that was yep. a pretty fun trip. Uh, probably a fun time to be a Georgia fan. Um, how do you, how do you how do you make those decisions? Yeah. Do you leave them up to them, or or did you think about hey, what would my brother and sister in law want? How did you kind of manage some of those things? Combination and really no differently. Just we are uh, Knox, our uh, oldest son is a sophomore at Arkansas, and then our daughter Ada Grace, who's a senior at Oxford High School, just chose Arkansas. And she had choices. She had Tennessee and LSU and Oklahoma and Arkansas. And really with all of them, like we took them all to different schools. We looked at everything just as I feel like Michael and Kim would have done because Michael went to Ole Miss and I went to Ole Miss because Michael went to Ole Miss. Right. And so I think, again, now everybody has so many more options, it seems like. And that's really what I want for all the kids. I want them to have options. I want to set them up. We, I do a lot of just – family coaching I feel like about like you were saying being being cheerleader Ashley does the same thing and we we want our kids to have options the the best options that they they can have and then they don't really know because they're 18 years old so we really try to lay out pros and cons and what are you going to do next you know what what will this do for you if you get in here do you want to play sports in college Sarah played college soccer at a junior college before she went to Boise State John West thought about it. He kind of looked around a little bit, but was pretty set on going to Georgia in the end. And um, and so again, I think that that we we it's a it's a combination of a lot of things, but it, it all kind of boils down to we want them to be surrounded by good people. We want them to have options in life, and and we want them to thrive, just like every good parent wants for their kids. What would Michael say if he could talk to you today about what you've done with his kids? Yeah, I think uh, I would like to think that he would he'd be very proud of me. I mean, I think that um, again we were each other's biggest fans. I was I went the business route, he went the the dental route, but we we helped each other in a lot of big decisions. Um, we were really we're really close, um, and so we had this competition for a little while about who was going to have the most kids. And <laughs> I won. I had four. He had three. Now I'm raising his. But uh, but yeah, I think that. I, I would I would love to say that he would be very proud and and uh, and also say sorry even though you know he he didn't know but we, but none of us know right none of us know what what's going to happen uh, and and we just have to live live those days together and we had some amazing memories and I have some great pictures from them and 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 nobody can take that away. Did it impact the way um, you travel, the way that you and your wife traveled together? You know, uh, I've had a lot of people ask me that because people do travel separately. And uh, I think my mom said this one time, but she's like, surely, like, well, we're not going to lose two two boys on two plane crashes. And I and I travel, I fly a lot for work. Yeah, I know and you so do. so I don't fly private, I, I fly commercial. But, um, yeah, I think no doubt the, the first couple of flights that I took were, were pretty nerve-wracking. And I usually am asleep before it takes off and – wake up when it lands and, and I was not that. And then, you know, it's that conversation comes up a lot about when people talk about flying and then, and um, I don't want it to be awkward, but it is sometimes because people, you know, even around here have 
private planes and that kind of thing. And, and I just, even with their kids, I'm like, I don't want y'all to, your dad would want you to go see the world. Your mom would want you to go see the world. Like we don't want this to just to change your outlook on, on travel. And, and they have, they've been, they just got back in Thanksgiving. They went to see their uncle Brad and, um, in London. And so I don't know what, what it's like in, in their head, but we've just encouraged it. They You're seem, not going to see me flying around on a small plane. Yeah. They seem to be really close. The three of them. I, I know it wasn't initially, you know, cause they're, she's Sarah was older and you know, she was a girl and, and it, it, things were different, but it seems like as the years have gone on that like Caroline has told me that, that she thinks they're closer today than maybe they were back then. That probably yeah. has to be something that makes you feel good. Absolutely. I mean, I think, technology helps that right because there are they are in different places now but but they are they're very close Anna Reed obviously really looks up to, to Sarah and to John West John West and, and Sarah always have each other's back I feel like Sarah always kind of ran the ran the ship for a while and mm-hmm. and uh and, but John West can hold his own so it's funny seeing them together and this past Christmas we had all seven under one roof and that only happens like once a year twice a year maybe and that's fun. Like for me, there's nothing better like than a, than having everybody there together, no real crazy dramas, and 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 we're just having fun as a family. You um, you talked about how close you and Michael were. Um, did you ever get a chance to mourn yourself? You were so busy, and you talked about the initial reaction, but that shock. Yeah, and I'm sure you've had some moments where you stood in a shower or something, and it hit you, but. Yeah, I definitely have those those moments, whether it's seeing a picture or something somebody says or listening to a song or uh, just just the memories behind that. And so I, I do think probably my personality is to stay busier. And 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 with that being said, we have done a lot of counseling, too, that that's that's helped. And and again, I think that, you know everybody handles it a little bit differently and so for for me i think probably staying busy was was my way of handling it or exercising i used to say that like these runs i'm going on or my therapy sessions and i'd so see you on peloton sometime yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i know there's something you you you, you live with every day it's the the journey's not over like you said it won't be over till we all you know, we all, we're all leaving here, obviously. Um, we, you talked about grit. We'll finish with grit. Mm-hmm. When you think about that word now, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I, I think it means choice. I think that we wake up every day and you have a choice to lay there and, and, and not get up or, or get up. And then when you get up, you have a choice of how, how you're going to respond, how you're going to react, how hard you're going to work, what your attitude is going to be and I think that you know grit is kind of all those things in like a bowl of soup you just gotta and and it takes all of them you can't can't let up and when you do let up on one side or the other it usually it's it's usually pretty telling some somebody closest to you can probably say hey like you know I hadn't seen you on the peloton lately or (laughs) I hadn't seen you run around the neighborhood and 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 all of those things together I think um matter just matter in your life and and you know we all we all have a choice every day and i think that grit is something that michael and i both have a lot of and and 
I, I think that what, what I've tried to do is just live in a way, not a, not a perfect way, but in a way that, that these seven kids can say, you know what, like he, he had a gritty life and he did this for us and he sacrificed a lot. And same with Ashley. I mean, she has sacrificed a ton as well. So she, she deserves, she deserves the crown, no doubt. I think both of you are, are really inspirational people. Um, I've, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to have the conversation. There were some questions that I had that you answered that I've never kind of had the courage to ask. Uh, I, I know a lot of people appreciate you being open also about it because a lot of people wouldn't be and the counseling and the importance of mental health and mm -hmm. something we talk about a lot uh, on our podcast, uh, Chase and I do. So again, thanks so much for doing this. I really sure. appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Neil. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week with another guest. Don't know who that'll be. I wanted to start with with uh, with Robert, and I think you guys see why, and um, we'll figure it out from there. But that's this edition of the Beer Garden. Thanks for uh, being with us. Talk to you again next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.